Welcome to the Silver Screen Podcast. I'm Jared Boomer. And I'm Katie Ganey. This is a podcast about movies and pop culture. And today we are reviewing the new Disney Pixar movie, Soul, which is on Disney+. Plus. This was supposed to be out in theaters pre-coronavirus pandemic, but it has since shifted to Disney+. Plus. So that's where it is right now. And you do not have to pay extra for it like you did Mulan. So it's just included with your Disney Plus subscription. But we'll be talking about Soul today here on the Silver Screen Podcast. And Katie, we are past Christmas now. So how did Christmas go for you? And are you? we're recording this um, on New Year's Eve Eve again. We're doing an Eve yes. Eve. So uh, New Year's is just a few days away, but Christmas is, is behind us. So how was your holiday? Yes, it was really nice. Thank you. I mean, it was odd. Everything was yeah. odd, but... It was really nice. Like yesterday, I know this is not, it wasn't my birthday or Christmas, but yesterday I woke up and I was like, I feel like doing a puzzle and watching Mm. TV and reading. And that's all I did yesterday. And it was nice to be able to just wake up, do what I felt like doing and not have to worry about any responsibilities or a checklist or anything. And then Christmas, nothing special happened on Christmas, but we did go see my family the Tuesday prior to Christmas and ate outside. I can't remember if we, I think I mentioned that on the episode, our last episode, but, but it, it was just nice to see them. And then on our birthday, I did call my brother. We had a FaceTime call with my parents and my brother and sister-in-law. And that was really nice. Very nice. So yeah, Allison and I went to the store today to get some snacks for a little New Year's Eve thing that it'll just be the two of us, but we're excited for that coming up tomorrow evening. So that's been, and I've, nice. I've been off work most of this week. I had to work earlier part of this week, but yeah. the latter part I'm off. So that's nice. So yeah, just relaxing, that's which awesome. is nice. So yeah, I've had to hop on to work a couple of times, but it hasn't been bad at all. Uh, last week was a little hectic before Christmas, but it's been yeah. fine. And tomorrow, yeah, we're not doing anything for New Year's either. There is a local place, though, that you can get drinks like to go. Oh, OK. Um, so that's and it's within walking distance. So that's nice and supports a local place. And then my sister-in-law, I know you know her, but the listeners might not. But she is, <laughs> of course, of Spanish heritage. Her father is from Spain. Mm-hmm. And so most New Year's, we go over to their house and we watch a movie and there's a party and it's a great time. But we can't this year because of COVID. However, the tradition in Spain, he's from uh, Catalonia. And when they celebrate new year's you eat 12 grapes at midnight you're supposed to eat it in like 12 seconds 12 grapes and you're supposed to so i've heard just wear red for good luck but i've particularly heard you wear red underwear for good luck okay i don't know what's true i just know that i've got a red garment ready to go (laughs) and i have grapes ready and champagne so that is how i'm and i'm gonna watch when harry met sally okay there you go so yes good new year's eve movie Well, we have no news today because it's it's the holidays, so not a lot of stuff mm-hmm. is happening. No corrections either. Although your did your mom did have one comment about our Die Hard episode. So yes, okay. So my parents loved the episode. They listened to it right away. My mom did say I would have made cookies. <laughs> she said. <laughs> I make good cookies because in the in the episode I referenced like my dad would be the one making cookies. I'm only saying that because every time she wants popcorn, she loves popcorn. I think everybody does when it's uh you have the kernels and you pop it on the stove. Yes, yep. And dad is really good at making that. Okay. And so she'll say like, oh, Ray, I really want some popcorn and he'll go make it. Okay. And so I was just saying if she wants cookies, I would bet more often than not dad, that would mean dad has to go make the cookies. <laughs> And then they would enjoy them. But she loved the episode. 
I know that she laughed a lot. She didn't say much other than that, but they both enjoyed it. And I appreciate that they listened. Nice. Also making popcorn on the stove is kind of a, it's kind of an art, honestly, because it's like there's a fine line between it. There not being enough of it done and burning it. So like that, that definitely takes some skill. Yeah. It's definitely tough to do that. (laughs) I try to do it. I've definitely tried, but I'm not super good at it, but it does. It tastes better. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah. So. Uh, we'll move into recommendations now. I don't really have any recommendations. I haven't been watching a lot of stuff. I've still, like I said uh, a few episodes ago, I think I'm watching The Mandalorian, so I have one episode left of that to finish. Um, I'm still reading Barack Obama's book, A Promised Land, which is uh, very long, but it's really yes. good so far. So um, it's even if you're not interested particularly if you're like i don't want a book that's like super politics heavy because i don't really understand a ton about politics like he does a good job of explaining the process and writing it in a way that you know a common person can understand so that's been helpful because i thought when i got it that it was going to be i don't know more heady or just a higher Uh reading level and it's really not Mm -hmm. which is nice so it's when i do pick it up i can usually read 40 50 pages in a in a short span because it is a a easy read even though it's long so those would be my recommends though that's awesome i i think i had told you i got it i finally got it for christmas no birthday i got it for one of them and i'm pumped to read it i'm saving it for 2021 of course but i have a good book update jared (laughs) i am reading my final book of 2020 right now, it is the Michael J. Fox book, No Time Like the Future. Okay. I specifically saved it for my final book because he's an optimist like I am, mm-hmm. but he's been through a very hard time recently and he talks about it in this book. And I was like, what would be more appropriate to finish out the year of a global pandemic than a book like that where he also, oh, and the tag underneath it or whatever is an optimist considers mortality Okay. Um, because obviously with Parkinson's, he has to... Um, face certain truths about that disease and typically you die younger and things. So I thought that would be a perfect book. And I was very intentional about choosing that for my last book. So I have, I think I have less than a hundred pages left, but I'll finish it today for sure. So I'll have one day to spare, but this means I have (laughs) met, I will meet my goal of a hundred books. Congrats. That's a big goal. So I'm not going to do it next year. Please let the record show. It's not happening next year i'm not going to do this to myself again well and hopefully in 2021 some more things will return so you won't you just won't have as much time to read because this year there was really nothing else to do so you know reading a lot made sense but hopefully next year we can you know hopefully have some things return that might distract a little bit and so you know you won't have time to read 100 books, which will be nice because then yeah, that means I, other I things will be going on. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And then I also, my friend has, I mean, I, I don't know if I should disclose this. Everybody does this, but um, HBO doesn't sponsor the episode. But my friend got a trial for HBO Max or HBO one, one or the other. Okay. But um, she has it for a certain amount of time. So she gave me the password. So because I was like, oh my gosh, I really want to watch several shows. And by several, I mean, I have six shows I wanted to watch. Okay. So. This week, I've already watched, I watched Wonder Woman 1984, the movie. I watched the TV show, The Undoing. I watched Murder on Middle Beach. I've watched half of Perry Mason. And then I watched The Ripper. That's on Netflix. That's about the Yorkshire Ripper that was in England in the 70s and 80s. Um, But all great. I can't say there was a single thing I didn't like. Um, The Perry Mason show is extremely well done, but it is extremely dark. Like if you are not okay with death or children being hurt, don't watch it. Okay. Um, Not that I'm okay with it. I just can deal with that because I know it's fake. 
Um, the Undoing was fantastic. Everyone's okay. been talking about that yeah. and Murder on Middle Beach. So The Undoing is Hugh Grant and Nicole Kidman. It's on HBO. I believe it was it was six or eight episodes. And there's a murder that's committed. And they can't figure out who did it. I won't spoil anything, but it was fantastic. And I did not. I didn't see the end coming, especially the way it happened. And then Murder on Middle Beach is only four episodes. It's a documentary. Um, and the guy that did it, his mother was murdered. And you think it's just like a, I mean, it's terrible if anybody's murdered, especially someone's mom, mm-hmm. but she was killed. And I just kind of was like, oh, so this is just like a crime, like true it's just crime a thing. Yeah. yeah. No, it went so much deeper. She was involved in this pyramid scheme and there were some, her husband oh, wow. used to be the CEO of Southern Electric, the electric company, yeah. gas company. I mean, it went deep. Anyway, it is still unfortunately unsolved. I hate unsolved murders. They make me so angry, especially when you watch you invest like hours of your life watching these series and then, and then it's at still the unsolved. End, they're like, we don't know who did it. Yeah. But he apparently I, I am I need to double check, but he I think went to SCAD, which is the Savannah College of Art mm-hmm. and Design. Um and I used to live, you know, in Savannah or whatever. And he, I looked at his Instagram last night and he was referencing certain places and stuff. And I knew exactly where he was and what streets he was talking about. So that was kind of cool. Um, but if you want to watch that murder on middle beach, also it's not about a beach. The street just happens to be called middle beach that she was murdered on. Okay. And it's in Connecticut. And this happened ah, okay. in 2010, I believe is when the murder occurred. Okay, good to know. So, but great shows and use your friends' HBO passwords if you <laughs> need. <laughs> Those are our uh, recommends for this week. So we'll move into our review of Soul now, released on Christmas Day on Disney Plus, rated PG for some language and thematic elements. It's an hour and forty minutes. IMDb is an 8.2 out of 10, so highly rated there. And then Rotten Tomatoes Critics, 95% audience, 89%, so highly rated for the critics and the audience. And then Box Office, uh, $7.6 million. That's domestic and worldwide. So they might, I don't know what they did internationally with this movie. If they released it in theaters, they might have. I don't know if the Disney Plus thing is just in the U.S., um, uh-huh. I'm not sure on how that how that worked with the release like globally. So because I, I don't think it's in th- any theaters in the U.S. I don't think so. I haven't seen it in any, but who knows? <laughs> yeah. So maybe that's some international numbers there. And if you don't mm-hmm. know the synopsis for this movie, it is a musician who has lost his passion for music, is transported out of his body and must find his way back with the help of an infant soul learning about herself. So... And that character's name is 22. And then the main character's name is Joe. So some critics reviews for this movie. First, we have Tasha Robinson of Polygon, who says it's funny, surprising and powerful. But above all, it feels like Pixar returning to the core values that used to define it as a creative house and returning to the inspiring industry leader it used to be. So basically, she's saying last couple of movies were good, but they weren't on that, you know, like really thought provoking heady level and this definitely Mm -hmm. is so yeah i thought this was a very original story and i did enjoy that about the movie pixar is usually good at that but sometimes they get flack for making too many sequels based on things that they've come out with before you know like another toy story or another cars or another you know finding nemo or whatever so it's nice to see another original movie from from pixar so next up is sarah stewart of book and film globe who says qualms aside Soul is one of the more thought-provoking Pixar releases in years. 
would have to agree, especially if you're an adult. I do too. <laughs> I do too. I I also think like Pixar to me, I almost every Pixar movie makes me cry at some point. Like I yeah. think they're all thought provoking, but I do get what she's saying. This one seemed to have more to it than some of the last few we've seen. Yes. And then finally is Peter Travers of ABC News who says Pixar's first feature with a predominantly black cast and a black lead actor, the superb Jamie Foxx contemplates the origins of jazz and the meaning of life and death don't fret the metaphysics kids it's the year's peak achievement in animation would yeah. have to agree with that very cool animation style and it looks it looks great even watching it on tv the animation is is i can't imagine like if i were to see this in a theater just how good the animation would look because if my crappy oh tv my it looked gosh. amazing on then in a movie theater it would look like stellar so yes i i i'm always shocked at how good the animation <laughs> is i shouldn't be but also um i wanted to say about the critics so i looked on imdb no i looked on rotten tomatoes okay. for the critic scores and they were kind of all over the place. Like okay. the, I only really read, I read almost all of them, but I read the um, top critics because I think they have a little bit more clout, but they were all over the board. Like people would be like, this was really good. Some people were like, I don't understand why people like Pixar. It was just very all over the place. So if anybody's huh, okay. interested in that, but I typically felt, I felt very positive about this film, so I did pick the more positive ones, but I also like to pick quotes that I think really do encapsulate the overall feeling of the film. So I was trying to be fair, but if you want to know some other people's thoughts, there are some people who did not like this film. Good to know. So this is directed by Pete Docter, and also Kemp Powers is the co-director on this movie. Pete Docter has done numerous other Pixar movies, as we mentioned on the Onward episode and other Pixar movies that we've done, they kind of have a little committee of directors. So you will normally see the same three or four people kind of pop up as directors on Pixar movies. That's just how it works with them. They just kind of work in the studio and they don't really go and get outside people for directing their movies. So Pete Docter has won two Oscars. He directed Inside Out and also Up, which both of those are very emotional movies like this mm -hmm. one is. And he also directed Monsters, Inc., which is one of my personal favorite Pixar movies. And next yep. up, he is going to produce the movie Lightyear, which is about Buzz Lightyear. They're saying it's not a Toy Story sequel, but it's basically about the real Buzz Lightyear that the toy was made off of. So it's kind of like following yeah. that story. So it was weird when it was announced because everybody thought it was like a Toy Story sequel, prequel, something. But they're like, no, it just involves that character, but it's kind of like a separate thing so don't yes and don't chris evans oh, go is gonna be oh sorry chris evans is gonna be the voice of lightyear yeah so but don't expect like woody and jesse right. and you know ham and all those people to pop up in that movie so we will take a quick break here on the silver screen podcast and then we'll come back and talk about the cast and our likes and dislikes for soul and we're back here on the Silver Screen Podcast talking about Soul. This movie doesn't have a super large cast. It has some people in supporting roles that pop up in little cameos like most Pixar movies do. But the main character in this one, his name is Joe, and he's voiced by Jamie Foxx. Yes, Joe Gardner is, of course, played by Jamie Foxx. Jamie is best known for Collateral, Django Unchained, Ray, and Dreamgirls. Um, 2005, I noticed, was a huge year for Jamie Foxx. I didn't realize this. He was nominated for two Oscars that year. That rarely happens to actors. Um, he was nominated for a Best Supporting Oscar for Best Supporting Actor Oscar for Collateral, and he won that year for a Best Acting Oscar for his portrayal of Ray Charles in Ray. I still remember that movie. It was excellent, but Ray Charles' life was so depressing that I don't think I've ever watched the movie again. 
because it was so sad. Okay. Um, <laughs> but the movie was fantastic. And I remember it was the first movie I ever saw Carrie Washington in. Huh. I'll always remember that was the very first thing I saw her in. I don't know anyway, if I've ever seen Ray, actually, or oh Collateral. My gosh, it's so good. I haven't seen Collateral. Okay. This made me interested, although Tom Cruise is in it. And I. Yeah, we talked about we, him we last week. We all know week. how I feel. I know. <laughs> Um, also, this is wild. Uh, Jamie Foxx has 10 upcoming projects listed. That's just like today, if you go look. Jeez. Um, they are remaking the movie The Wild Bunch. Again, I think I've made it known that I don't know why we remake classic movies, but it's fine. West Side Story, is, still coming out sometime. I, yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and also, he's going to be in an untitled Spider-Man sequel. Yeah, that's the one that they're saying that like Tom Holland and Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield and like all the Spider-Mans are going to link up or whatever. So what? that's supposed to be pretty star-studded. So... Yeah, I'm intrigued to see what they do with that. And I don't know how much of that is true or not based on rumors, but that Spider-Man movie seems like it's going to be pretty big when Mm. it does come out. So I I won't uh, when we did the poll, you know, that's how we found out that people wanted us to cover soul, but they wanted Wonder Woman. Yes. And I was just thinking about this because uh, Arjun and I, I wouldn't say we got into an argument. It certainly wasn't an argument, but we were talking (laughs) about DC versus Marvel movies. (laughs) Yes. When we were watching Wonder Woman 1984, because I was like, I really like DC. And he's like, they don't make as much money. And I thought, well, who cares? Marvel keeps making eight movies out of one character. And he's like, well, that's what brings them the money. But I, anyway, we just, I said, well, I love Batman and Wonder Woman and they're DC. So anyway, just my thoughts. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I don't, don't know. Don't mind me. I'm not a professional. I don't know who I would pick in that battle. That's always a contested argument, <laughs> DC versus Marvel. You'll get you'll I get know. arguments from both sides. So Because like I enjoy the characters that are in the DC comics better, but the Marvel movies are usually are better. Yeah, they're usually like better made movies, but you can't really argue yeah. that like Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman are like iconic characters. So and those right. are DC. So yeah, right. hard toss up there. Well, anyway, um, someone who's not a toss-up is the second star of this film, Tina Fey. I love Tina Fey. She's a personal favorite of mine. She plays the character 22 in this film. She is known for Mean Girls, Date Night, Sisters, 30 Rock, and her many seasons on Saturday Night Live. She was also a creator of 30 Rock and Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. And then next up, she created a new show called Mr. Mayor, and that is starring Ted Danson. Also, her book is great, too. If you haven't read oh, it, my Bossy gosh. Pants. So. It's still one of my favorites. I will not get rid of that book. It's on my bookshelf right now. No, and I think it's like, I mean, you can find it for like five bucks at Half Price Books now. So if you haven't read it, well, pick it up because it's, it's worth more it than that. now. Yes. <laughs> And then next up, we have Graham Norton. I was thrilled Graham Norton was in this. I think he is darling and a great, I mean, great TV host. Um, Next to, I watch like, I would say I watch three main TV hosts here in the United States, but anytime I see something about Graham Norton, I watch it online. I love Graham Norton. He plays Moonwind, who is quite the (laughs) character in this film. Um, Graham is originally from Ireland. He is already very popular. He's just more well-known in the UK. He is a writer, actor, and has hosted the Graham Norton show in the UK from 2007 to now. He is still going. I had no idea it had been on that long. Um, He has also recently acted in Netflix's Eurovision Song Contest, The Story of Fire Saga. That was with Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams. And he doesn't have any upcoming projects listed, but he is going to continue to host The Graham Norton Show. 
Very nice. Also, Graham Norton, kind of the first one that James Corden does it now, but Graham Norton kind of started this where he brings all the guests out at the same time and they'll yes. all be sitting on the couch together. So it's not like you have the A guest and the B guest and the C guest. It's like yeah. all three of them will be out there at the same time, which I think yeah. is harder to manage in a way because you kind of have to make sure everybody gets their time, but also yeah. allows for a lot more interesting interactions because there's like four people talking to each other instead of yes. just two. So a lot of the funnier moments from the Graham Norton show come just because all the guests are out there at once. And so they're really good at like bouncing off of one another. But that's one of the things yeah. I love about his show is that it's not like one guest is more important than the other. It's like, they're all kind of equal and they're all just going to be on the show together. So yes. And he, there's such a difference in his, his style of comedy yeah, compared yeah. to American comedy. And I just love comedy in general, but he is so freaking funny. <laughs> and I didn't want to forget to uh, talk about the, phenomenal supporting cast. So other people that voice characters in this movie are Rachel House, Alice Braga, Felicia Rashad, Questlove, Angela Bassett, and David Diggs. So fantastic cast. There were many more than that, but those were the top names I recognized and people that popped up. Also, we have to we do have to shout out uh, John Ratzenberger as well, who has been in every uh, Pixar movie. So who did he who was he in this one? So I'm looking it up right now. He has a very little cameo. Um, uh-huh. So and there's speculation on the Internet that they don't really know who exactly he was. So <gasps> it's kind of difficult to tell. Oh my gosh. Um, but Pete Doctor did say he is in the movie. He has a little cameo, but it might be hard to, to figure okay. out who he is. So if you watch it I again, didn't recognize. maybe. Yeah, I didn't recognize a character that sounded like him because he has a, such a distinct voice. So. Yeah. I Well, if you're going to do that, I guess my very first like, I definitely wanted to mention John Baptiste. I am. Uh, Stephen Colbert is my favorite late night host. Uh, I watch a little of his show every single day. And John Baptiste is, of course, his musical composer and leads the band and everything. It's John Baptiste and Stay Human um, are the the musical contribution to the Colbert show. He did all of the music and arrangements for the movie. And then he also played all of Joe Gardner, the character, the piano parts. That's John Baptiste playing on there. And then he did the um, the new version of the song Soul. And I have such a crush on him anyway. But his talent, even if he wasn't a beautiful man, his talent is exceptional. If you ever just want to watch, he I believe he went to Juilliard. I think that's right. I think that's um, right, yeah. But he, if you are if you ever just want to be in awe of someone who is young and talented, just Google his name, look him up on YouTube and watch him play piano. And this movie's really cool with the music because John Baptiste does all the, the jazz compositions in the movie. Yeah. And then Trent Reznor and Atticus, Atticus Ross did all the like ethereal, more science fiction-y yes. music in the movie, like electronics. Yeah, yeah. So there's two very different styles of music yes. in this movie. And I think it's smart that they got two different <laughs> two different composers to do that. So <laughs> I'm just laughing because every time... So in the movie, if you all haven't watched it yet, which there might be spoilers. I don't really know how to talk about it without spoiling Yeah, it's going to be hard to talk about it without spoiling it. Yeah, so, so if, you, if you don't want spoiled, please come back to this episode. Um, but please do come back <laughs> and rate and review. Anyway... <laughs> Um, the part that cracked me up. So of course this movie, Joe falls through, um, I forget what it's called, a manhole. And they think that he is dead and they keep saying he's going to go to the great beyond, which we're assuming is heaven. If you believe in heaven, if you don't just call it the great beyond. Anyway, <laughs> I loved the music every time the great beyond would pop up. It would be like this, this black hole that opens in the sky uh, and it would show this 
stairway. Yeah, just this musical note. And it cracked me up every time. I don't think there was a single time in the movie where I didn't start laughing when they did that, even if I knew it was coming. Also, every time they showed that, they would like just smash cut to it. So it'd be very yes. sudden. And that's what gave the big laugh. So yeah, yeah that was very funny. <laughs> also, I like that you get to heaven or, you know, the afterlife or whatever on a conveyor belt. Mm-hmm. So it seems very, uh, right. very that's appropriate. That's a really good point. <laughs> Pixar is so, they are so clever about that kind of thing. But anyway, I, yeah, the music would be my first like. I do really like jazz. I am not a learned person. I can't tell you much about jazz, mm-hmm. but I enjoy that style of music. And I thought the overall setting of the film was just so beautiful to look at and fun to watch. I can't imagine this being set in another city other than New York City. That seemed perfectly appropriate. Yeah, I really liked the design of everything, too. And the jazz part of it, I was I was a DJ on the jazz radio station at the college we went to, University of yeah. Indianapolis, because that's a jazz format station. So I knew a little bit about jazz, but I thought the things Jamie Foxx was saying about it and his character were very relatable as someone who had to kind of learn about it when I was in college. Like he's talking about uh-huh. how it just makes more sense if you see it performed live and stuff like that. And that's totally true because yep. like, well, I didn't really get it. And then I went to jazz concert and I was like, okay, this, this makes more sense to me now. So like yeah. that kind of stuff really related. And then the design of everything, especially when they're like up in whatever the afterlife or heaven or whatever, like before the (laughs) souls come to earth, basically the design of all that is very cool. And, um, the little like, um, mentors, if you will, like Mm -hmm. in the, in the good place or whatever you want to call it, they're all named, (laughs) they're all named Jerry, which I thought was funny. So, (laughs) and then there was Terry, (laughs) there was Terry. Yeah. Terry and Jerry. So yes, you know what movie had a lot of jazz in it, Jared? What? La La Land. That is true. That mm-hmm, does have mm-hmm. quite a lot of jazz in it. So, <laughs> um, another thing I loved about this film, I'm um, I'm kind of ashamed at Pixar, but I'm also like, yes, good job. Was that they finally had a black lead and a black cast, and mm-hmm. it's about time. It shouldn't have taken until 2020, but I commend them for doing so. And the characters were fantastic. I think that they need to do more of this and should also branch out into other. But. That was awesome, and I'm really, really excited to see a black lead in this film. Yeah, also have to give them props for Coco a few years back as well, because that yes, showed a lot very of true. racial uh, representation mm-hmm. as well, so in different yes. cultures and things like that. So this doesn't yeah. have as much cultural stuff in it. I mean, it does a little bit. Um, it doesn't have as much as Coco, because that's very much more in like the lore of Cinco de Mayo and how all that, you know, the reason behind that and all that stuff. Um, uh-huh. But this is definitely... Uh, Definitely an interesting uh, movie. So not Cinco de Mayo for Coco. It's Day of the Dead, isn't it? Oh, that's right. right. Well, I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Coco? I know. Don't tell anyone. I hope nobody heard that. Coco. No, I'm actually really ashamed of myself because it's on Netflix now, I think. Okay. And I remember it was one of those movies where I was like, oh, I need to watch that. And I would forget. And at the time, I don't think Disney Plus was out yet. So it wasn't something that I could just easily see if I didn't see it in theaters. Anyway, I will watch it. I promise people. I know I need to see it. I I wonder if people turned their sound off. Probably. They're They're like, I'm not going to listen to this girl anymore. Just the dude (laughs) since he's seen Coco. So. I did want to say, though, one of my favorite lines in this movie, because we're talking about race and stuff, was when Tina Fey's character, 22, Jamie Foxx's character, Joe, is talking to her and he says, you sound like a middle aged white woman. (laughs) And she's like, she said something like, oh, that's so boring. Or I am a middle aged white woman or I'm just unhappy. I forget what she said, but it was such a good line. And I'm glad (laughs) that you could hear it. That was such a good edit. 
Also, I really like the story element of how the souls that are like coming down to Earth now have like these giant numbers, and then they bring her up, and it's like twenty two. And immediately, I was like twenty two. Like, why is twenty two not gone to Earth yet? Like, she should be gone and dead, basically. Um, So twenty (laughs) two comes in, but then it's really funny how they show flashbacks throughout the movie of her having all these various mentors, like Mm -hmm. Abraham Lincoln and you know Marie Antoinette, and yeah, all these different people that are like Copernicus and like all these people that are you know very highly regarded as kind of geniuses <laughs> and then none of them were able to to help her find her spark so yes also we should mention your cat liked this movie it has a cat in it so oh my gosh Jared I am gonna I have to post this picture when we <laughs> share about the episode so I just wanted to say this movie is Rupert approved uh it, that's similar if you're wondering audience to certified fresh on okay it does Rupert approved is a new it's a new one but he this is so weird. I know I've talked about at least you. I don't know if I've mentioned on the show. He was very, he loves Murder, She Wrote. <laughs> loves it. Like, I don't know if he recognizes the theme song or he loves the voice, Angela Lansbury's <laughs> voice. I don't know. But he loves Murder, She Wrote and he will stare at it for a while. But this movie, but he had no interest. What was the other movie we watched? Was it Die Hard? Yeah, he yeah, didn't Die Hard. Die he Hard. fell asleep. Yeah. And Wonder Woman, he was not interested in okay. either. So we're thinking he doesn't like action movies, but he loves crime. Okay. <laughs> um, but anyway, we're watching Soul, and this cat came on the screen, and Rupert came right over the TV and stared at it. And I watched the clock. It was at least 15 straight minutes <laughs> that he watched the screen. And then he'd move his little paw up like he was going to try to get the cat. It was so cute. But uh, the cat is kind of a lead character in this movie. Mm-hmm. And but I took a picture of it. It's a darling picture and the cat's on the screen and Rupert's reaching for the cat. So I will definitely share that. But I I think that's important to note that this movie is Rupert approved. It is. So Rupert has approved a couple movies now and this is on mm-hmm. his list. So it definitely is. check that one out. So yes. uh, also one another like about this movie, we've kind of already talked about the writing and stuff, but the script is very well done and the and this the world building. Pixar does such a good job of setting up oh, yeah. worlds and telling stories. I mean, they're one of the, the best at that. So that's definitely a positive for this movie. And I would also say this movie is kind of a lot of the reviews I've seen, other reviews and stuff that I've read have said this movie is more for adults than kids. And I would yeah. have to agree. I, I don't do know too. if you're a child or if you have young kids, if they're going to get a lot out of this movie. I mean, they'll they'll find things funny and they'll like kind of the, you know, switching bodies, things that, mm-hmm. that happens like that. There's a lot of humor in that, like physical humor and stuff. But in terms of like some of the bigger ideas it's trying to get across, I don't know if kids will really relate to that as much. It's definitely more for adults and more for somebody that has gone through a, a, not a huge period of their life, but at least a substantial period to kind of be able to look back on things and see what they've done and how they've lived their life and stuff. So that would be not really a like or a dislike. I just kind of wanted to put it here before we move into the, the dislikes, but it's just kind of a, a yeah. movie that, you know, Pixar is such a studio that's geared towards kids and animation and stuff. But I would say this one is really not that much of a kid's movie, not in the terms that it's, it's not inappropriate or anything. It's just, I don't know if your kids will really be interested in it. If you were to watch this with them. Yeah, I, th- I think kids will like the music and the color and yeah. the playfulness of the animation and they're funny. I think they'll like seeing a cat and seeing a man run around the streets of New York, but I don't think they'll understand. And I don't mean kids are, I know kids are brighter than we think they are, but yes. I don't know that kids will understand the subject matter entirely or will grasp the concept of life and death or think I'm going to die one day. Like, I don't think they're going to think that. Um, I know I didn't even really think about 
I'm going to die one day until I was in like high school. And then I thought, oh, crap. Um, (laughs) But moving on, I don't want to have an existential crisis on here. But I thought this movie, too, I think Pixar excels in approaching really serious stuff with the perfect amount of levity. Mm -hmm. And I think this movie did it a lot better than some of their previous films because they are right. Like life and death is a thing we all can relate to. And I know you saw it, Jared, but even in the notes, I was like, man, this movie is like, it's definitely what we need right now, but it's also really, I feel like it had a certain amount of gravity to it because this year is 2020 and so many people have died. And we have to think about things like what happens when we die? Why do people die at certain ages? Um, it's, I don't know. It was fascinating, but this movie brought me to tears. I do think every Pixar movie has made me cry or tear up. um, But this one definitely hit me harder than some of the others in a good way. Yes. Yeah. It makes you really think about a lot of things. And I think another big point that it's trying to get across to is that like there's there's joy in the simple moments and also Mm -hmm. your career doesn't define you as a person. Those were some other things that I got from it because Joe the whole time wants to be a jazz musician and he wants to, you know, go on tour and play in front of big crowds and whatever. And he's a music teacher and he doesn't think that that's a super thrilling job. But then at the near the end of the movie, he looks back on those experiences of, you know, people he's been able to teach and things he's been able to do and Mm -hmm. what he's just been able to enjoy living his life. So in 22 kind of helps show him that too throughout the movie because she's such a I don't know she just is more naive so she's just uh-huh. more open to various ideas and you know she's just enamored with everything that's kind of going on because she's never been down to earth before and and is experiencing all this for the first time so like having those two characters interact I thought was really interesting but those are some other big points I got from the movie is that you know there's joy in the simple stuff and then also just because you're in kind of a bummer job or it's not exactly what you want to be doing mm-hmm. doesn't mean you still can't enjoy enjoy your life. Yeah. You bring up a good point because one of my favorite scenes was the, um, the barber when he goes, when Joe goes into the barber shop, he talks to his friend and he, he was like, Oh, you never told me you wanted to be a vet. And then he was like, Oh yeah, but this brings me joy too. And he was saying, I, it seemed not forced. Like, it seemed like he was like, you know, I could have gone down one path. I went down another, but it brings me joy. I get to make people happy. I get to know people and talk about like the turning lemons into lemonade kind of a thing. That was a really good lesson. And another thing I'm really glad they cleared up. I kept thinking the whole movie I was looking for what would, so if, if people are wondering, there's a little patch that you're supposed to get as a soul before you come down to earth. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be the thing that kind of like gives you joy that, that makes you excited to live and passionate about something in life. So Joe is like, well, mine's obviously piano and playing music. And 22 is trying to figure out what her thing is going to be when she goes to earth. And I kept paying attention, like so close attention in the movie. Cause I thought, what is it? Is it going to be trees? Is she going to be a botanist? Is she going to, because everything she noticed, I thought, Oh, maybe she loved pizza. And I was like, maybe she's going to become a cook. Yeah. Maybe yep. she's going to have a pizzeria. Um, but it turned out to be none of those things. But I'm glad they cleared up toward the end of the movie that it wasn't about there's not just one thing and your job is not going to be your purpose. There's going to be so many things to enjoy about life. And that really hit me hard. But I think if they had left that out, I would have missed that in the movie. So I think that was a critical thing to leave in the film. Yep. So and then, I mean, the most impactful scene for me in this movie is not the ending, but it's kind of. 15 20 minutes before Mm -hmm. the end when he's reflecting on all the things that happened during his journey with 22 and 
there's no words during that sequence. There's just a piece of music playing and it just really makes you think like, wow, he got to experience all this cool stuff just in this one day. Um, yep. And, you know, how much stuff do we just pass by on a day-to-day basis oh, that yeah. we don't even realize is happening? You know, finding joy in a, a good piece of pizza or a good, you know, nice food or a good yeah. haircut or just the leaves falling from the tree or yep. hearing a musician. The leaves changing colors. Yeah, hearing a musician yeah. in the subway or whatever it might be, just those little things that we encounter day-to-day. It's like just trying to help you realize more about those and kind of pay attention to those a little more. So, yep. Any other likes before we move into the dislikes? I did. You made me think of one more thing. I love, so 22, she obviously is getting used to everything and she's on the subway and this guy yells at her on the subway because she bumps into him. Mm -hmm. And that made me really emotional at the end because she said, you know, when that, and she's obviously little, so she's not talking like an adult would talk, but she, she said, you know, I, that man yelled at me and it was kind of scary, but even that was kind of exciting. And I think that's right. Especially, uh, in a year like this, I think any year we take things for granted, like our health and family and good fortune and having a home and stuff. And now a lot of those things are in jeopardy because of COVID. Um, but I do think we have to also appreciate that there's all sorts of people in this world and we have to take the good with the bad. So if you bump into someone and they're rude to you, it's fine. Uh, it was a good reminder to me to let stuff like that roll off my back because there's a lot of good things to live for. And and even someone yelling at you, that can be in itself part of your day that makes you think about what you are grateful for and, oh, they must be having a bad day and kind of give them some grace. Yes. So... Uh, with that, we'll move on to our dislikes. Now, not too many for this movie. This is a really good movie. Um, one of your dislikes is you just didn't like the appearance of the the souls, the little blue, you know, yes. souls up on. I thought I didn't notice them at all. I thought they were fine, but you were just kind of you didn't love the design of those. Yeah, I can't. I I don't even want to be disrespectful because I'm not a designer. Um, but I didn't like. They were just like little balls or blobs, um, blue blobs. I loved the appearance of um, Terry and Jerry. Those it was like an outline. Um, I can't yeah. even remember what it reminded me of. I thought that looked awesome. But yeah, something about the souls. It was just very strange to me. I don't know that I could offer criticism as far as like, hey, maybe they could have done this. But for some reason, the blob thing was odd to me. Just the thought of like being a blob first. I don't know. I don't know what I wanted, but it was weird to me. Yes. So and then the only other dislike is the ending. Um, you know, Joe does get to go back to Earth um, mm-hmm. in the end of this. And I will put in the description for this episode. There's a really good entertainment online article, ET online, that is the filmmakers revealing what they were trying to do with the ending. They had a lot oh. of different thoughts for it. Um, they thought maybe Joe would go to the great beyond. They thought maybe Joe would be like a repeat mentor and would just mentor other souls before they go to Earth. Okay. They okay. thought maybe they would show another complaint I've seen is like we don't see 22 like once she's an actual human yeah. being they talk about that was a possibility at one point um so they really had a lot of debate and discussion on how they wanted to end this movie and I would be interested okay. to see if if that when the DVD comes out of this or whatever if they put on there the other endings that they had in mind because I think those would be really interesting to see kind of the mult the it sounds like they had three or four different ways that they thought maybe they would end this and obviously yeah. they decided Joe going back to earth was going to be the ending that they they decided upon um so I think there's a lot of debate in terms of how this movie should have ended and I think some people were 
dissatisfied with the way it did end and wanting to see more um, or stuff like that. So, and I think the filmmakers reading this article even had struggled with that as well, trying to figure out exactly how they wanted to end this, this movie. Yeah, that uh, I think I'm fascinated. I am definitely going to read that article. So thank you for bringing it to my attention. I, so I felt different. I felt like I felt conflicted about the ending because, and this is the spoiler we're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> so Joe, for the longest time you hear, he's going to go to the great beyond. That's the whole thing. They're like, you know what? You fulfilled your duties. You're going to die. That's, that's life. That's how it goes. Um, which is, you know, we all die. That's part of life. However, they then let him go back. And I think that's wonderful. Like if you ask me the ending I want, that's the ending I want. I want it to be wrapped up in a nice bow. I want a happy ending. I want Joe to live. And he has this new lease on life and he's excited to go do things. But I also don't think that's realistic. And it's not usually the ending we get. You die and you die. You're dead. That's it. Um, You don't get to check everything off your bucket list. You don't get to say goodbye to everybody you love. You don't fulfill every goal that you've ever had. Mm -hmm. Hopefully you do have a wonderful, fulfilling life on its own, but you don't get to, you know, most people don't get a near death experience and then get to come back. Um, So I, I wasn't sure how I felt about the end. I was happy about it, but just a little like, "Mm, that's not really realistic. We don't all get that. Yeah. Yep. So it kind of, it, you know, and it's, I, Give credit to Pixar, too, because I'm sure they tried to think of a lot of different ways to end this. And this is such a movie with such heavy subject matter and like existential stuff going on that like it's not really easy to just like end it one way possible. And obviously you don't want the issue of one. You don't want it to be too long because Pixar movies are normally between 90 minutes and maybe an hour, 45 minutes most of the time. Mm -hmm. So they Mm -hmm. they're trying to keep it in that uh, area. And also you don't want the the you know, sometimes trope sometimes of like three or four different endings because then you don't Pixar Pixar is always so emotional with their endings. So mm-hmm. if they have like three or four different ways that things could play out at the end, then it's like you don't really know what to feel emotional yeah. about. So yeah, I get it that it was tough for them to wrap this up. And I think it I think like you said, I think I like I enjoyed that ending, but I don't know how realistic it is because, you know, people don't get to just, you know, pass away for an hour or two and then come back to earth and like really figure out that they need to be doing something different or enjoying the small moments in life or something like that. So, right. Right. Yep. So, okay. Well, I guess we'll go ahead and give our grades now for soul and you can go first this time because I think I went first last time. So I think you're right. I mean, I'm definitely rating this high. I, um, image wise and everything plot wise mm-hmm. to me there really wasn't anything missing I didn't like that one like the appearance of the souls for yeah. some reason and yeah I, I don't think the ending is wholly realistic I don't think it's wrong though either I do think that happens to some people I just don't think that's the typical experience but mainly I'm just so impressed with beyond the animation that they can take such a serious subject and approach it with levity and humor and lightness but also teach a lesson and it's very poignant so I'm giving this a 96 Nice. Very nice. Um, Yeah, I'm going to be right there with you. Um, I'm going to give this a 95 out of 100. So it was very close to you. But one of the best movies that I've seen this year as we wrap up 2020, it's definitely going to be we're going to do our top five movies of 2020 on our next episode. This spoiler (laughs) alert will probably make the top five because there just hasn't been a lot that has come out this year. So not a lot um, of good things. No, no. So this was definitely very good. And I would say if you don't have Disney Plus, which like if you listen to this whole episode and heard us talk about everything and then we're like, oh, go watch it now. 
that's a little odd, but if you don't have Disney Plus, I would definitely suggest getting it, um, you know, for a month, even if you just watch this, because I think this is worth the the eight dollars a month or whatever you would spend on Disney Plus for that one month, just to if you watch this movie. So yeah. I think it is definitely worth your your time and really makes you think I about agree. things. And especially as we start a new year, definitely gives you an interesting perspective going into 2021. So high ratings from both of us on Soul. So that's uh, that wraps up our review of Soul. And then next week on the Silver Screen Podcast, we'll be talking about another movie that came out on Christmas Day that was also one of our poll um, you know, answers that you could vote on to have us review. And that's Wonder Woman 1984 with Gal Gadot and Chris Pine and Pedro Pascal is in this one. Also, Kristen Wiig. Um, this one's good. This one's probably going to be a little more divisive than Soul, I think, when we talk about <laughs> it. Because um, I, I, you know, I'll save it for the next episode, but I definitely have more to say about Wonder Woman than I did Soul in terms of the movie being made mm-hmm. as a whole and the, the process of it. So we'll talk about that next week here on the Silver Screen Podcast. And then we will share our top five movies of 2020 so we did establish some rules it does have to have come out in 2020 not just something that we watched in 2020 for the first time so these will be things that did come out this year even with coronavirus going on and most of these will probably be netflix movies or something like that um just because that's how a lot of us saw movies this year um especially Mm -hmm. after march so that'll be on the next we're only doing we're only doing movies sorry i just wanted to say because we discussed like should we do shows should we do books what should we do but we figured movies because primarily we talk about movies on the podcast yes so on next week's episode, we'll do our top five movies of 2020 and then also talk about Wonder Woman 1984. Until next time, we'd like to thank the Academy.